The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Doug Bursch, pastor of Evergreen Church, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So social media, that's a little crazy, right? Facebook, Twitter, start fighting, yelling, screaming at each other, divisive comments, divisive threads, divisive communities. On today's show, I'm going to talk about how to talk in a reconciling way through social media, not just social media, through emails, through text, through this online world that we live in. How can we communicate in a way that brings people closer to God and closer to each other on today's Fairly Spiritual Show? Thanks for joining us today on the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch. I pastor Evergreen Church in the Puget Sound region, co-pastor along with Dan Behrens. And I'm so glad you're listening either to this Friday broadcast or the Sunday 9 a.m. broadcast, or maybe you're listening online through podcast. You can subscribe to this show on podcast. Uh, you can subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blork. Okay, Blork isn't something, but it's all over the place. So if you want to find it, it's the Fairly Spiritual Show. Of course, you can hear it right here on the radio station, but you can also hear past podcasts, past episodes by subscribing. You can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org, and you can find past shows. You can also find out, um, I, I do different things. I review musicals, yes, in the Northwest area. Why not review Fifth Avenue Theater musicals? Uh, what else do we do? I'll occasionally write a blog or two. I also will show you how to have access to my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And as far as this radio show goes, uh, I'll also show you how to donate. And um, I decided we would be on the air for a year, and then we decide if we're going to continue on. I had uh, people donating so that this show could be on the air. Um, but for us to be on another year, I'm going to need some people to donate. Uh, so if you've been listening to this show on a somewhat regular basis, or not on a regular basis at all, but you want to donate, then uh, go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. Uh, this is not sponsored by my church. It's not sponsored. It's just sponsored by you. It's just if you think this kind of dialogue needs to be on the radio, then please support it today. So go to fairlyspiritual.org. It makes a big difference. A $20 gift, $50 gift, a $500,000 gift makes a big difference as well. But Mr. Moneybags probably doesn't watch or listen to this show. So you're going to have to be the one who prays and does what God puts on your heart. So enough with the sales there, but I did need you to know. I just like to be honest, right? I don't, I don't like to pretend. I'm not going to tell you something like, if you donate $50, God's going to greatly bless you. I don't want to say any of that kind of garbage. I just want to let you know for us to stay on the air. We have to pay to be on the air. It's in order to, you know, the way broadcasting works, in order to pay to be on the airwaves, there's a certain amount of money we need to pay. And in order to do that, uh, we need you to donate. So it goes towards that. All the money that's donated goes towards uh, broadcasting this show on this radio station. 
So uh, with that, I wanted to give a little oh, update. Last week we did a contest uh, where I had people text in. We're not doing it today, so don't text in today. You're, you're not going to get a book. You'll just get me saying, hey, thanks for texting. But I had people text last week uh, if they wanted uh, my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from Reluctant Pastor, and we had one winner. Uh, I picked him randomly, and uh, his name is Charles uh, from Seattle, and so I'm mailing out a book to Charles, but uh, thank you for everyone who texted in. If you'd like to text in today, uh, we're not giving away anything, but you can still say, hey, I enjoy the show, or what's up, Doug? How's it going? You can do that through this number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And legally, when you do a number on the radio, you must do it three times and at least one time in a radio voice. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. You can text the show or you can leave a message. Okay, enough with the bulletin announcements. Let's just get into today's topic. Um, so my doctoral work is in social media and reconciliation, and I've been writing a lot about this, and I think I'm going to have a book coming out on this uh, probably a year from now, the way the publishing industry works. But I, I want to share with you some of the stuff I've been working on. And one of the things that I want to share with you is the concept of just some practical ways that we can facilitate reconciliation or peacemaking online. Uh, you know this, I know that. If you spend any time online, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever kind of account you use, there is all kinds of conflict. There are all kinds of uh, debate. There's all kinds of debating going on. There's all kinds of fighting going on. You know, sometimes you just don't even want to read it. You don't even want to see it. You'd like to see maybe just a nice picture of your grandkids or you know just some simple vacation picture, but instead you get embroiled in some huge debate. And it's not that the issues aren't important. It's not that we shouldn't talk about things like abortion or immigration or human sexuality. It's not that these things aren't important, but it's the way we talk about them that just feels so terrible. It's just divisive. Now people say, well, you know, the gospel is divisive. Well, the gospel is divisive, but we don't need to add to it. We don't need to make it worse. And so um, reconciliation really is what we're called to as Christians, right? The Apostle Paul uh, told us through the Holy Spirit that every Christian is called to the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, you see this in, uh, let me see, 2 Corinthians 5, 11. He says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than, uh, than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live, and that's us, those who live in Christ, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So that's our purpose. Our purpose isn't to live for our agendas, not for our plans, not for our political party, not even for our nation. We're living for Christ. 
He died for us. We died in Christ. Our plans are God's plans. Our plans are this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to be an ambassador of Christ's will on earth. So Paul goes on, he says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We're not, we're not looking at this world the way the rest of the people do. In the context of social media, we're not acting like everyone else. We don't fight like everyone else. We don't have the same attitude as everyone else. We're radically different. And this is probably the fundamental uh, problem when you see Christian witness on social media. Is Christians don't look any different from the world, but we're supposed to be new creations, and we're supposed to be radically different. No longer looking at things from a worldly point of view, but from God's point of view. So Paul says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There it is. Christ brought us into relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christ brought us into relationship with God, reconciled us to God, and reconciled us one to another. And now we have been brought into that same ministry. We are to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. And Paul goes on, he says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You've been committed to that. You know what commitments you need to keep this week? The commitment to be a part of the reconciling work of the gospel. You have been committed and commissioned to be an extension of God's reconciling work in the world. That means everything I do, everything I say, is to bring people closer to God and closer one to another. That's my goal, through the truth and the love of the gospel. Reconciliation, that's what we're committed to. He says in verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, and an ambassador is only supposed to speak on behalf of the nation that ambassador represents. So whose ambassador are we? We're Christ's ambassadors. We're not this world's ambassadors. It's not my will. It's not my family's will. It's not my church's will. It's not my denomination's will. It's not my city's will. It's not my state's will. It's not my country's will. It's God's will. It's his kingdom come. His will be done. That's what I'm an ambassador for, the kingdom of God. And we are ambassadors, and Paul says, we are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So you, you could read that yourself. It's a powerful scripture or a series of scriptures in 2 Corinthians 5, starting at verse 11. But if we are called to engage in the ministry of reconciliation, to be ambassadors of Christ's reconciliation. So the same work that Christ did when he walked this earth is supposed to be flowing through us. That's our goal. Every morning when we wake up, it's how can I communicate the gospel in such a way that people are drawn closer to God and that every dividing wall of hostility is broken down so that I have true fellowship with my fellow man or my fellow woman? How can I have true fellowship? That's reconciliation. So I just want to give you some just really quick things online, things that we must consider if we are going to be reconciling communities. If we are truly going to be people who engage in the ministry of reconciliation, then there's some practical things we need to do. And you could have your own list. This is just a list that I put there. I don't want to be legalistic. 
You pray, you ask the Holy Spirit as you read the Word of God, as you see what Scripture says, as you abide in a healthy Christian community, uh, you, you come up with things, principles, ways of living that will help you communicate well online. And when I say online, uh, communicate well when you're emailing someone, you're emailing your boss or a friend or a neighbor or the school board, when you're texting someone. Any of this social media, online, technological communication that is often causing so much division and conflict in our society. We must have spirit-led, spirit-led ideas, spirit-led principles that are leading us. So I'm just going to give you a few here, and, uh, and you can just work with these if you want. Here's one. In all social media communication, if you're going to be reconciling, don't let Satan set the agenda. And what I mean by that is so much of our social media communication is we're reacting to darkness instead of shining the light. Yes, there's dark things in the world and we need to respond to them, but it's amazing how Christians tend to respond to trending issues. We wake up in the morning and we see what's trending, what news story is trending, uh, what's trending on Twitter, what's trending on Facebook, what is in our, our timeline. And often it's some sort of scandal, it's some sort of Something someone has done wrong, you know, Starbucks has done something wrong, or the president has done something wrong, or Congress has done something wrong. And, and, and I'm not saying that these are, are not real scandals, or these are things that we shouldn't be concerned about. But I sometimes wonder, does God really want all of us to focus in on these sins, or does he have something more for us to do each day? There seems to be something where we're letting Satan set the agenda. We hear one story about some terrible thing that happened in a certain town or in a certain restaurant or in a certain Starbucks, and everyone focuses their attentions on that. We all get angry about that issue, but in many ways, I feel as if we're letting Satan set the agenda. Is that what God wanted us to put our best effort and energy towards? Even the fact of that we're spending all our energy, maybe somebody wrote something negative to you on Facebook, and one of the comments is negative, and so you spend the whole day fighting with that person. Maybe that person has a satanic foothold, or they have a part of their life that's not being submitted to God, and they shouldn't have treated you that way. But are you going to use the rest of your day to allow that negative, hurtful comment to control you? I'll see people who will spend hours, days, weeks of their life obsessing on the worst person in their social media Twitter feed, on the worst person in their Facebook community, on the worst person online. In fact, almost all of their communication is focused in on someone does something really dark and wrong and wicked or just ugly and divisive, and then they give all their energy towards that divisive person. There's many people that I've been introduced to, some of the worst witnesses out there, I've been introduced to because people constantly talk about how bad they are. They give them platforms, and so someone writes some terrible thing about women, or some terrible thing about minorities, or some terrible thing, uh, you name it. And then we all share that terrible thing, and we all write blogs about how terrible that person is, and, and, and I get it, I get it that we should maybe do something, and we should clearly communicate that we don't believe what that person believes or what that person is saying is wrong, but I feel like we're actually letting Satan set the agenda of our lives. We're letting the most unstable person set the talking points for our day. So we're all talking about the most extreme expression. We're all talking about one person who keeps saying extreme things. 
So here's just one principle. Don't let Satan set the agenda. Uh, here's another thing when it comes to social media. Trend locally. And again, I want us to focus in on this, is if we're going to bring peace to the world, if we're going to be effective in our social media age, we're all focusing in on these national trending topics. And, and those things are important. But what I'm finding is we're, we're concerned about these big national issues, but we don't know what's happening with our neighbor. We don't know what's happening in our own church. We don't know what's happening in our own backyard. We don't know about the injustices in our own city. And instead, we're tweeting and posting and, and interacting about these national trending topics. Now, these national trending topics might be important, but I would encourage you, start trending locally. Start looking at what's going on in your community. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, warned the church that communion is about recognizing the needs of the body. They were celebrating the Lord's Supper in a wrong way, the Corinthian church, and they were coming and they were eating all the food and drinking all the wine, and people came and there was no food left and there was no wine left. And the Apostle Paul basically said to them, if you celebrate the Lord's Supper, but you're not concerned with the needs of the people in the community, you're not celebrating the Lord's Supper. He basically is telling them, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, you need to care about the community you abide in. So if you really care about that church, you care about the needs in that church. You wouldn't eat all the food. You wouldn't drink all the wine. Well, that's a powerful principle because it's the same in our church context. Some of us know much more about what the Kardashians are doing than what the person in the pew is doing next to us. We don't truly know their hurts, their pain, their struggle. Sometimes we're waiting for people to come to us. Well, someone needs to ask me, and someone needs to find me, and someone needs to call me. Well, this is what I found. People don't come to you or find you and call you. You have to become that. You have to start being concerned with other people. You make the call. You connect. You ask the questions. If we're going to bring peace to this world, we've got to be relational. And these national things are just ideas that are basically you know, tweeted out or Facebooked out in, in cybersphere, right? But the reality is, when it comes to trending local, you look someone in the eyes and you pray together and maybe you hold hands and give a hug. It's truly incarnate in that God is with us in the flesh in the moment. Here's another way that we can bring peace to our online communication. Always speak about people as if they are in the room with you. I learned this early on with radio, but even if I'm talking about a celebrity, I always tried to make sure that I would always speak as if that person was in the room. And there's something about social media that we talk about people in very dehumanizing ways, ways that we would never talk about that person if they were sitting across the table from us. So whether it's a, a politician, uh, you know, a celebrity pastor, some kid you read about in the news that did something dumb, you talk in a way as if they were right next to you. You tweet, you post, you text, you communicate in a way where how would I speak about this person as if I believed they were listening to every single word? That's reconciling behavior because you're communicating in a way where you care about that human. And the goal is whether they've done something wrong or right. The goal is that they'd be drawn closer to God and that you'd be drawn closer together in Christ for holy purposes. 
always speak about people as if they're in the room with you, even your family. I see some people just tear apart their spouse or their kids online. I always want to make sure, even if my kids are never reading any of my posts, that if they read anything that I posted, they'd know that I was honoring them, respecting them, talking about them as if they're in the room. I don't ever want to have this duplicity where I just act one way when they're not in the room and one way when they're in the room. Here's another way to bring peace online. Apologize more, defend less. When you get into a conflict, I know that the nature is we want to explain ourselves. We want to say why we don't think people should be offended. But it is amazing what a sincere apology can do. If we could learn, if somebody just says, hey, I'm offended, if we could learn just to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. If someone accuses, accuses us of something, instead of justifying why we're not that, listen and say, thank you for pointing that out. And even if you don't agree with them, to find a way to at least say, hey, I want to learn to communicate in a better way. And although I didn't mean to do that, obviously I've communicated in a way that offends you, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to work harder to communicate better. Thank you for pointing that out. We need to apologize more and defend less. I see some people who never apologize online. They never apologize on Facebook. They never apologize on Twitter. They never apologize in their tweets, in their texts, in their emails, and they don't apologize in person as well. That's a sign that you're proud or that you have an incredibly low self-esteem and you always have to be right. Learn to apologize. When you apologize, the kingdom of God advances. Here's another way we can bring peace online. Focus on the relationship more than the argument. The goal is not to be right. The goal is for this person to know that you love them and that you want them to grow in their relationship with God. If we focus on the relationship more, we talk in a different way. If we focus on the argument, it's just all about trying to win the argument. That's not the goal of Christianity, to win the argument. Jesus didn't come to earth to win the argument. He came to show the love of the Father. He spoke truth and love for the purpose of reconciling us to God. And that's what we're called to do as well, to speak truth in love. There's so many ways that we can advance a better dialogue. Don't use people for your online agendas. If somebody posts something, don't just say, you know, I love talking about abortion. So when somebody posts something, I'm going to immediately say, well, what about abortion? Or my big issue is to talk about immigration. So somebody does some other post that has nothing to do with immigration. And I write, well, what about immigration? We need to be careful that we don't use other people's timelines for our own agendas. We don't use other people's texts, other people's tweets, other people's communications so we can just communicate our, our project, our issue. And even if our issue is important, it's wrong to take other people's communication and to twist it in our direction for our purposes. Don't use people for your online agenda. Intentionally bless, praise, and encourage people. When's the last time you blessed and praised and encouraged someone online? List people by name. Go to their pages. Thank them for their life. Thank them for their encouragement. Bless people. Avoid the mob mentality where everyone's focusing on the same angry thing. Stop and pray. If I could tell you anything, even if we could just stop and pray and make room for Jesus, it could make a world of difference. I'll often see Christians just fighting on social media about Christ and about theology and about churches and about women and about sexuality, and they're just fighting and fighting and angry and calling each other names and ridiculing each other. And as I read these things, I think this cannot possibly be rooted in people making room for Christ. 
There's no way Christ would ever call us to speak this way to one another. There's no way that Christ would ever call us to treat each other in such a way. These people clearly have not spent time with Jesus. When you stop and you pray, you communicate differently. And when you stop and you pray, how can I communicate your love? How can I be reconciling? How can I communicate in such a way that this person finds you and that we're drawn closer together in the love of Christ? When you stop and pray that prayer, it changes the way you communicate online. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how you can communicate in a more reconciling way in all your social media communication, in your texting, in your emailing, even in your phone calls. How can you be truly reconciling in everything you do? That is the ministry we are called to. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. Uh, I'd love it if you could keep this show on the air. In order to do that, I need you to go to fairlyspiritual.org. Today, we need some donations. I'm trying to decide whether we're going to stay on the air uh, for the coming year. Uh, In order to do that, we need some people to donate. So go to fairlyspiritual.org. Also, you can text the show, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. Make room for the Lord. He loves you dearly. He knows you by name. He is for you, not against you. Okay, I will see you next week. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.